0: Welcome back to the Dancing Squirrel Tacos podcast. I'm your host, Heather Bremer, And there's only one thing I want to talk about this week, and that is Star Wars. We are just hours now, days, from the release of Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. And there was only one person I could think of to come on and talk with me about Star Wars, because I don't have enough poll yet to get J.J. Abrams or Mark Hamill or Daisy Ridley. Uh, and that is... My husband George Brummer, he's CNHI Sports Indiana's cult beat writer, and a fellow Star Wars nerd, and we have bonded over Star Wars for the past 16 years of our marriage. And George, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm sorry I'm not Mark Hamill. I'll, I'll try to do my best uh, to as a fill in here. But you know, looking up at the wall, and, and I'm looking at Luke Skywalker on the wall here, and I'm trying to think. There aren't too many rooms in our house that Luke Skywalker's not in.
0: No. In fact, our living room is Star Wars, like from wall to wall, ceiling to floor, except for one little corner that's devoted to Doctor Who. Uh, But we have Star Wars Pops. We have Star Wars art that we've gotten at various comic cons that we've gone to, um, signs and different things that we've collected over the years. Uh, We have a lamp that I had somebody make for you for your birthday that is a Jedi with a lightsaber made out of pipes and things. And that's one of the cooler pieces we have. I have a Medal of Yavin. Um, you've got the Luke Skywalker pilot hot toy. Uh, yeah, I mean, Star Wars is just all over our life. Do we have
1: a lightsaber lamp?
0: We do have a lightsaber lamp, and it's Darth Vader. It is indeed. Because George is a former Darth Vader devotee.
1: Well, sometimes present, depending on my mood. <laughs> but that's changed,
0: though, hasn't it?
1: It has, since uh, Force Awakens, really, I think. Um, I can't really align myself with the side that killed Han Solo. That's that's a tough one for me to, <laughs> to reconcile.
0: Yes, it can be relatively difficult to celebrate the dark side when the heir apparent to Darth Vader's uh, dispatched of one of the most beloved characters in the Star Wars universe. So, George, you know, I know you've loved Star Wars ever since I've known you, but when was the first time that you remember loving Star Wars?
1: Yeah, I think that's complicated because I I don't ever remember not loving Star Wars. But, uh, you know, I'm old enough that I came in with the original trilogy. I I think the first one that I saw in theaters was Empire Strikes Back, but I don't really remember that. was like four years old uh, when that came out. So I don't I know I was there. I have like some maybe vague memory of seeing the Tauntaun on on the big screen but it's not like I can actually recall the movie from the theater. Um and I remember it being like a major surprise for me 3 years later. Uh, I came home from school one day, my mom said we're going to Fort Wayne to to watch Return of the Jedi and you know that was such a big big deal and a, and a wonderful moment for me there. And I remember seeing the red Uh, Imperial troopers and it just jumping off the screen and being one of the most amazing, vibrant things I'd seen, which probably what drew me to the dark side to begin with, honestly, right there. (laughs) Um, But I think what I really, like my love for Star Wars wasn't from the theater. I mean, obviously those experiences were great, especially getting to go see Jedi like that. Uh, But it was wearing out my VHS tape over and over and over watching the trench run. And I think you know me well enough, you know, X-Wing pilots and, and that side of Star Wars is, is generally one of my favorite things. And it, that's where I fell in love with the, with the whole world. So for me, I, I think that's where I really fell in love with uh, the whole galaxy and that whole thing, just watching uh, that action scene and, and watching Han Solo come in and, and save Luke Skywalker and Luke make the impossible shot and destroy the Death Star. Um, I think as a little kid, it was something that just completely captured my imagination, and I've been lost in that galaxy ever since.
0: So, you were you ever a Jedi guy, or were they just kind of secondary to what you enjoyed <laughs> about Star Wars?
1: I was a Jedi guy because I was a Luke guy. You know, I, growing up, it was all about Luke. It wasn't until uh, I went to college that that I became a, a big Vader fan. Um, yeah, I think all of us kind of went through that, that phase. Uh, and then, you know, now that I'm an old man, I'm, I'm back on the light side. So I guess I was sort of like Anakin Skywalker. I started off idealistic and, and on the good guys. And at some point, uh, I let my hate and my anger turn me to the, to the dark side. And then I was redeemed. So, uh, I don't know, maybe the foster kids redeemed me. It's hard, <laughs> hard to say what, what did that, uh, but no, you know, I think I was all things Luke. So my I think my love of X-Wings and my love of X-Wing pilots came from Luke. But honestly, I can remember, and this just so people can get an idea of how big of a geek I am. I can remember in the late 90s, it was around the time that the re-releases were coming out, the special editions. And I was covering, I went to Ball State, and I was covering a, a men's basketball game in Central Michigan. And there was a blizzard that night. It ended up being bad enough that we never made it back to Muncie. Photographer and I had to stop in Angola, Indiana, and go cross the Ohio Turnpike to Akron for the next game uh, because we just couldn't get back down. And it was going to be easier to do that uh, than it was to, to try to fight the, the, the elements. But at the very beginning of that storm, the game's over. And I talked, I don't know how, I talked the photographer into going to Meyer in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, because the... Uh, the Return of the Jedi version of Luke had come out. They had six and a half inch figures back then. um, And they were re-releasing a bunch of them timed with the special editions. And I so badly wanted the black suited version of Luke from the beginning of Return of the Jedi that, yeah, me and a photographer went out at the the start of a blizzard in the middle of Michigan to find it.
0: (laughs) Well, much like you, when I was a little girl... I love Star Wars so much, I wore out VHS tapes. But for me, it wasn't actually the movies. It was the TV movies of the Ewok Adventures. Uh, My sister and I loved those movies, even though they scared the crap out of us. I mean, the the bad guys were just, especially in the second one, Battle for indoor. Those guys just scared us. But we loved watching them. And we ended up not being able to watch them anymore for a really long time until they eventually did come out on DVD. Because the tape was just done. Mom had to throw it away. Because she's like, you're going to screw up our VCR if we keep watching this tape. But that's kind of where it started for me. Uh, Actually, you know, the first movie I saw in theaters was Return of the Jedi. Uh, the very first movie. Um, I'm not really old enough to remember a lot of it. I remember the Ewoks. They obviously had a big impression on me. Uh, and George will tell you even now, like that's one of my favorite things about Star Wars. So all you haters, just step off because the Ewoks are awesome. Uh, and that includes my husband. He doesn't like the Ewoks very much.
1: He tried to make Han uh, Solo. They,
0: it was a misunderstanding. <laughs> there was a there was a communication gap that they had were trying to overcome. Through C three PO and sometimes he doesn't get things quite right. So it's all okay.
1: But I think, I think for a little while at least he was okay with them eating Hans. I think he was a little too, bit of revenge he, for C three PO.
0: Yeah, he was sick of people pushing him around, but <laughs> anyway, um so yeah, like I said, Return of the Jedi was the first movie I saw in theaters. Um, my dad had a big love of Star Wars and Star Trek and you know, we always watched those kind of movies when I was little and then you know as i grew up i just kind of kept loving them and unfortunately as i was growing through my teens there wasn't any new star wars which is what's so great about now because there is so much new star wars uh from the movies force awakens the last jedi to the mandalorian we have we had the rebels the cartoon and uh resistance and you know i I just can't get enough of it right
1: now i think that is one of the best things You know, in college, the re-release Special Editions was such a big deal. Uh, By that time, we knew that Episode One was coming out, and that was a really big deal, too. But, um, you you know, for so long in high school and the very start of my college career, yeah, it was a barren wasteland for Star Wars fans. And that's why I got into the books. You know that I'm still doing that. Um, Probably just about every major Star Wars book that's come out in the last four years is probably somewhere in this house or will be. At some point in the near future. So, um, yeah, I think that's the best thing now is that for years you had video games and you know randomly here and there. And, and you had some books that you could read, the occasional comic. Uh, but now we're, we're inundated with live action Star Wars again. And, and I don't take that for granted, having lived in a world where that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, we're watching The Mandalorian, which... I know you love, I love, because baby yodes is the best thing to ever hit Star Wars in forever.
1: Which can we just throw this out here right here? Our foster child, our former foster child, four years old at the time, uh actually three. Yeah, he
0: was three. Three at, at the that time. time.
1: Uh, he actually predicted the the wee baby Yoda. Uh he did. this is this is a story, it's one of my favorite Star Wars stories, so Uh, Early on, I stayed home with him, as you're well aware, because we had a setup and it just was easier for me. Football season was over. Uh, We hadn't yet found daycare, which for those of you that that have kids, you know that's the hardest thing. The most expensive, toughest thing to do is to find the right daycare. And so for the first few months, it was just me and him uh, while the other kids were at school and you were at work. And uh, we had to find ways to pass the time. So we were playing video games. And we played Star Wars Battlefront II. And he, we really weren't going through any of the, the, uh, it's probably not very good parenting to let a three year old play Battlefront 2 either, but that's beside the point. We weren't going through any of the missions. We were just doing sort of the, the battles and, and those things. And so I would let him choose whichever character he wanted. And he would choose characters on and, and off. And of course, that game, if you're unfamiliar with it, is a very first person type of view. You only see your character from behind. And so almost everybody he chose was a normal-sized human character or a Wookiee in Gigantic. And the first time he chose Yoda, he about jumped off the chair, first of all. And he yells at the top of his lungs, Oh, he's a tiny baby! Which is not true. And I'm trying to explain to him he's 900 years old. And you can't do that with a three-year-old. That's what I found out. Uh, but from that point on, as you're well aware, what happened every time we saw Yoda?
0: It's Tiny Baby Yoda.
1: So for two years, we were referring to Tiny Baby Yoda every time we saw him. And then literally, I happened to see the first episode of Mandalorian, which spoilers, by the way, for Mandalorian. I don't know who doesn't know by now who would be listening to this. Uh, But I happened to see the first episode of The Mandalorian before you. And when that scene happened, and I knew you weren't going to see it till the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So I had to sit on that the whole day and then, when it's finally over, I think the very first thing I told you was, that boy, he called this two years ago.
0: Yep. He knew Tiny Baby Yoda was coming. I don't know how he knew, but he knew Tiny Baby Yoda would arrive.
1: But he was the first Tiny Baby Yoda fan.
0: He was. And he's probably going to want royalties.
1: No, There's no doubt. If he was still in the house, that's all we'd hear. Yeah, I created that.
0: I created that.
1: Which I guess, technically... So, John Favreau, if you're listening... Uh, there's a there's a now five year old boy in, in Indianapolis who I'm sure would be all about uh, whatever royalties you want to send his way.
0: Yeah. Or a role in the movie. He'd probably enjoy or you know, the television show. That would be Oh, absolutely. He's a ham, so he's he'd probably be a pretty good actor.
1: He is definitely a ham. he's gonna be famous someday, that's yeah, for sure.
0: For something. We hope it's a good thing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you know, Star Wars permeates so many much of our lives. Uh, and there's yeah. a great example. Yeah, and that's such a great example. Uh, it's what we talk about when we are not talking about football. You know, George covers the Colts. That's a big part of our lives. We talk about it a lot. Uh, but, you know, Star Wars is kind of the thing we go to when we want to get away from that, get away from work. It's what we share with our friends. Um, you know, we have a friend in Florida, Dusty, who... Uh, probably was,
1: my, one of my best friends on earth
0: yeah and he and his wife jenny are generous enough to allow us to come down and stay at their place in florida during the week of fourth of july and uh, i I think it was the first year we went down um like one of the first things we did while they were at work was we went pop hunting around yeah, uh went to a comic book shop that we frequented when we le- lived in the area. Uh, Eds. Comics was it's a fantastic place to
1: go. TBS Comics, if you're ever in Fort Walton, Florida, yeah, Uh, Fort
0: Walton Beach, Florida. Fort Walton Beach, and um, you know, we found a bunch of pops, and we brought them back, and we were showing Dusty, and at that point, Dusty didn't have any pops. No, he was he was like, you know, I'm not going to start collecting this And this was a guy who literally had every single figure that came out while he was in
1: college do we have still time for another complete yes. diversion yeah. here okay because there's another one of these things so he and i met around the spring of 99 so we had been friends for just a little while and uh the toys were coming out they had that big thing at toys r us uh to for fan for the phantom menace the toys were coming out And so, we went out, because we're college kids, we went out, Toys R Us was open at midnight that night. And I remember vividly, for some reason, it's funny the things that you recall, there were two employees who had a lightsaber duel on the roof of Toys R Us while we were waiting to get in. For some reason, that's like my most vivid memory of that. (laughs)
0: Because that's awesome.
1: That that day. Uh, But we, we ended up getting in, and it was a mad rush, and there were all these rules about what you could and couldn't do, and you know, how many different things you could get and whatnot. And Dusty was like, he was sort of the runner into the crowd because there was this huge crowd around that aisle. And so we would just kind of tell him what we wanted. and He would come back and and bring us. And the group, I think there were four or five of us. So most of us got maybe one or two characters that we really knew. I can't even remember who I got uh, that time. But Dusty got one of everything. And then we went back to my house I was living at in Muncie at the time, which Dusty lovingly refers to as the paper street house because it was very much like the house that that uh tyler durden moves into in the movie fight club uh so it wasn't a good place it wasn't a very nice house to be in uh but we just sat down on the floor and opened up all the figures like five year olds and but that was one of the first bonding moments that i had with dusty it's one of the first things that we really did together you can tell my my college days were wild and and crazy as you can see here um, but I think, you know, when you talk about how much Star Wars permeates our lives and our friendships, that really was the basis for me and Dusty being friends. And here we are 20 years later, um, and we're still, as you know, each of those summer trips, we'll watch the newest Star Wars movie because we have to, there has to be no Star Wars movie that we haven't seen together.
0: Yeah. And so we go down for one of our first trips to Florida. We go pop shop and bring him back, show them to Dusty. And now he has all these Star Wars Pops figures.
1: <laughs> Did we kind of caused that addiction.
0: And I, I apologize to his wife for that, but. He's still not as
1: bad as us.
0: No, he's not. We literally. I mean, there are some we don't have because we kind of got on the pop train a little late, and some of the original line of the Star Wars had already come out, and they're really hard to get now. But either way, if anybody has a Queen Almondala and doesn't want it anymore for some reason, I'll happily take it off your hands. Or uh, or a General Thrawn. We don't have that one either, and that's what I'd really love to have. Um, but yeah, we have like I want to say two hundred or so, <laughs>
1: conservatively.
0: There's a, lot. there's a lot. Yeah. So we have almost every single Star Wars pop. Um, there's a few missing in our collection, but.
1: Well, I think. You know, you talk about the Pops and, and those important. I think Star Wars Collectibles is another way that we got into it. And I'm sure that everybody else gets into it. Um,
0: What's your favorite thing we have? Oh, boy. Because there's a lot.
1: There is a to pick ton. Down. You have a little
0: um, replica Anakin lightsaber. I do. That I got you for one of our first Christmases.
1: I do. Um...
0: I would say maybe my favorite is either the Medal of Yavin, because that's Done a. One. It You know, it's an exact replica. Um, we got it at Disney, so that was awesome. was one of the things uh, I brought home from our second honeymoon uh, at Disney. Um, or I have my Ezra Bridger statue that you got me for Christmas that I absolutely love, uh, because Ezra is one of my favorite characters in the entirety of
1: Star Wars. And Chopper and chopper chopper is also part of the statue. that statue and sabine's helmet so yeah for me um i would say probably my favorite thing is the luke skywalker rebel pilot hot toy because got that on that same trip uh down to florida at walt disney world and so um and it just it's connected to my childhood i mean we talked about at the very beginning of this about that's how I came into, to really all of this. So to have that figure, um, I think really means a lot to me, but I think probably the oddest thing that we have that I like the best is my big dark lighter pop. Um, I don't have the unicorn version of that that, that we were looking for, but, uh, we had talked about for, for a number of years, you know, that's the one we really want. And then Walmart came out with a random three pack of pilots and he was in it. So, um, to have that uh, and to have Wedge Antilles and to have the A-Wing Wedge Antilles uh, pop. Uh, th- those are probably my favorite items.
0: Well, we've talked about uh, our connection to Star Wars and how it's kind of permeated our lives. What is your favorite property within Star Wars right now? I would have to say mine is probably Rebels. You know, is the animated series that came out. Um, introduced a whole new cast of characters by Dave Filoni, who is an absolute genius and should have all the Star Wars. Um, him and John Favreau together can do all the Star Wars. I'm okay with that. Um, and I just, I love the way he tells the story, the way he builds characters, how it kind of fit into the broader Skywalker saga, um, and how he introduced critters. I love, you know, the force critters that everybody uses, that I was so sad to see that end, so sad to see the end of a few characters in it. And I'm hopeful for perhaps a a sequel series with the search for Ezra Bridger with Ahsoka Tano and, and Sabine Wren, which I, if I would have to say Ahsoka is probably my favorite character overall in Star Wars, who's not Princess Leia. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I want to get back to that. But what is your favorite property right now? I know you love you're loving The Mandalorian.
1: I love The Mandalorian. And I don't know that I would have said that I mean, I, I was excited to see it. I was counting down the days till Disney Plus came out. I was so pumped um, just to to be able to, to see the first episode. But it's exceeded all of my expectations. Um, I wait every Friday and this week Wednesday uh, for that to come out. And it's just... Uh, was it two weeks ago? I had to wait the whole day to see the first mm-hmm. episode, and it was just killing me. Um, yeah, I've seen... Over 25 times I've seen at least one of the episodes now. I watch it all week long, dissect it. I can't wait till the next one. I love the world they're building there. I love the character of the Mandalorian himself. Of course, I love the tiny baby Yoda. Yeah, and it's not Um, just
0: because of baby Yoda. I think a lot of people are in love with it because of baby Yoda. But for you, it's not just baby Yoda.
1: No, I love Din Djarin, as apparently Pedro Pascal has... Uh, revealed his real name. Um, I love that character. I think for the longest time, that's what I wanted in Star Wars was that sort of uh, anti-hero that I don't know that we really had. I mean, you've always had like the cool characters like Han Solo and you know that that kind of a, a guy. But I think Dinjaran is really a character that I had long wanted to see in a live action Star Wars film, and I think they've nailed it. I think. Uh, and I also think like it's just neat the Western motif of it. I know that you know, I, I bonded with my father in- law in a lot of ways because we love westerns and, and, and to know that sometimes when when Pascal's not in that armor, it's actually John Wayne's grandson.
0: Yeah. I read
1: that a few weeks ago, and I just thought that's awesome and that's amazing. And I just John, when I grow up, I wanna be John Favreau. Um, so I think that's another reason. You know I think he's done a great job with this in, in basically everything he's touched. Uh, And then Dave Filoni, you know, again, playing a big role in this. Uh, Deborah Chow. And when they had their... Heather can can attest to this. When they had their cameo at the end of the sixth episode, this is the first... I almost jumped off the couch. And I was like, it's the directors. Um, You know, when they came in as as X-Wing pilots there, I just thought that was... And, of course, Filoni's name is Trapper Wolf.
0: Such a brilliant show. really is. Now, I want to go on to our favorite characters and you know, you always ask me my favorite characters and you made the comment today that I never say princess Leia, and you're right. I don't, I usually say Luke Skywalker first because, and Mark Hamill knows this and he's approved it. He (laughs) liked it on Twitter. Uh, when I was little, I would, I said that, uh, when I was little, okay, maybe five days ago, Luke Skywalker is my forever boyfriend. I love my husband dearly, but Luke Skywalker will forever be my boyfriend uh, and I had tweeted that out uh to Mark Hamill um about a year ago, I think uh okay. when someone had complimented Mark on you know what a good person he is on how he works for a lot of causes and is and, you know genuinely just a nice guy uh and I had quote tweeted that and said. Um, you know, that I've known this since I was a little girl and I declared, uh, Luke Skywalker my forever boyfriend and that Mark Hamill lives up to that declaration every day. And he liked it and it, it about, it made my life. Like I was like, okay, like that's the most awesome thing that's ever happened to me. Um, but (laughs) so Luke Skywalker is usually number one. Um, and then, you know, the other like top three kind of goes back and forth. Ahsoka Tano. I love. I think she's the best character in the Clone Wars. I love that they introduced her, gave her conflict. I love how she evolved and learned from Anakin and had some of his worst qualities, but also had the qualities that Anakin was lacking um, and that forced him to turn to the dark side. Uh, So I think she's fantastic. And then Ezra Bridger, I think, is another great character who I love. Um, And all my favorite characters are usually Jedis. I love the Jedis. That's where I come into Star Wars. I also love Wicket. Wicket's my <laughs> favorite Ewok, and you know I have always loved Wicket. So you
1: pass that on to the new generation too.
0: Yes, uh, they they loved Wicket as well. Um, but you know you you noted that I often don't say Princess Leia, and I think it's because to me Princess Leia isn't a character. To me, Princess Leia is a icon and a role model and something that as a little girl i always strove to be to carry on the spirit of princess leia to to be that girl that doesn't need a guy to save her that's going to kick butt on her own and you know is going to take charge and be who she is to me princess leia isn't a character she is she's more than a character you know she's a characteristic you know to be princess leia
1: that was one of the most fun things to me about having foster children is to see a little girl that we had at the same time. And Ray is that for yes, her very much. So um, we went to a comic comedy to take the kids and she got to dress up like Ray. And I think that's the happiest I saw her. We had these kids for 18 months.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that's the happiest I saw her in those 18 months was her... And you did her hair sort of like... Uh, the way that, that Ray appears in episode seven. And I remember this little girl was so excited. Both of them were really like on me to get the DVD when The Last Jedi came out because they hadn't seen it, obviously. Um, and when I went and got it, the night we were finally going to watch it, I don't think she could sit still because she was going to see Ray again. Yeah. And that, to me, is the power of Star Wars. What that puts in you as a child. To see her, you know, becoming Rey for that day. And people were, you know how... I'm assuming most people listening to this know how Comic Cons go. When you're dressed up, we all were dressed up.
0: Yeah, we should explain <laughs> that it wasn't just her dressed as Rey. I was Princess Leia. Yes. <laughs> Completely, in the white, uh, white dress with... The buns.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: George was a...
1: It was Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron.
0: And the little boy was BB-8. He had a little BB-8 costume yeah. that was almost as big as he was.
1: He was so adorable in that.
0: And then the little girl was Ray. And everybody loved us. I have never felt so popular <laughs> in my entire life. Like, we we were walking, walking down aisles and having to stop every five feet because somebody wanted to take a picture. Now, the... The bad thing was is that we had to say, you can't post that on social media. These are foster kids. We'll <laughs> kids get in big trouble. Take your photo. It's okay if you want to share with your friends just show us a, our
1: cute family, but don't post it on social media. But they, that is the power. I mean, our little instant family, our little group of ragtag rebels... We were held together at times through that love of Star Wars. I mean, people who have been through the foster system know there are some really rough times, and we had some really rough times. And I'm not going to get into that here, but Star Wars was a touchstone mm-hmm. that we could always go back to with them. Uh, it was something you could hold out as a carrot sometimes, you know. And, and it was, and, and that to me, to be able to see the power. That that storytelling had that Ray had for for this little girl, it's a really really awesome thing, and I and I know that that's happening all over the world, and it makes me feel great. Now, transitioning from that to my favorite characters, well, my favorite character is her dress as Ray. No, uh, kind of, but um, I think because of that, Ray is one of my favorite characters because I know that there are kids out there have a role model um, who never would have before. And I think that's outstanding. But I'm with you. Luke's always at the top. The very, very top. I mean, I have a $300 Luke action figure, for goodness sakes. Um, it's, it's Luke Skywalker. And there's, what, 12? Does that what kind of 12 or 13 Luke pops in the house right mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, Luke Skywalker. One of the things I bought at one of the Comic Cons, it's still on the wall right next to lightsabers. Luke, it's almost like a uh promotional photo for rebel pilots and it's it's Luke Skywalker standing next to an X Wing. Um that's been drawn by an outstanding artist. Um yeah, it's a lot of fun. So Luke is is, is definitely at the top of the list for me. And I still can you know, we were just talking about it earlier. We finished our rewatch of of the movies and we were watching Last Jedi. And my hat's gonna be off to Ryan Johnson forever for turning a sixty five year old Mark Hamill into such an amazing uh, hero at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, uh, people definitely split on Last Jedi and everybody's opinion's valid. For me, that's one of my favorite Luke mo- moments when he's there, uh, with Force Projection and he's staring down Kylo Ren. You know, it just made me again realize why Luke Skywalker was my hero when I was a kid and why Luke Skywalker's still my hero when I'm a very grown kid. Um, <laughs> but. Beyond that, I think my favorite characters, you know, Vader's always going to be up there. I, I just my favorite line from all of it. I've got every time I get a chance to get a T-shirt, is I find your lack of faith disturbing. Uh, because you know, I do find people's lack of faith disturbing, and I love that scene. Uh, I love that line, and I love Vader's rampage at the end of Rogue One. Um, I just, you know, Vader is is a very interesting and fun character, and his journey and arc is obviously. Uh, a big part of these films. After that, The Mandalorian has gone way up my list. You know, I, I think he is right, so much cooler the top. than Boba Fett. <laughs> so much cooler than Boba Fett. Um, I, I really, he's very high on my list. And then uh, Poe Dameron. You know, there's a reason I was Poe, partly because I got to wear an X-wing pilot suit, which I really wanted to do, um, but also I just love the the way that Poe has grown. You know, um, he's the hotshot pilot throughout Force Awakens. But by the end of The Last Jedi, he's a leader. And I can't wait to see how that develops in Rise of Skywalker as well.
0: Well, let's talk about each of the movies. We'll just touch briefly on each of the trilogies uh, to kind of go through our thoughts. Obviously, we grew up with the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the basis for our fandom. It's what we came from. Looking back now at those movies, how do you think they hold up
1: for me? Um, really well, you know. I we were talking about that when we were doing our rewatch. That even the visual effects, they're obviously not at the level that today's uh special effects are, but when you realize that they're 40 years old, they look really good, they do. And I know some of them have been touched up again and again and and, and whatnot, but uh, I think. That's one thing Star Wars has always had, that visual mastery. Um, you know, it's always a movie that, that kind of blows your, your mind uh, with visuals. And I think that's stood the test of 40 years.
0: What's your favorite moment in the original trilogy? For me? Mine is definitely early in A New Hope. When Luke walks out to watch the the twin setting suns. To me, it has the music and the, the scenery and just the emotion on on Mark Hamill's face. Um, that's when it had me. Uh, and that's not very long into the movie, but that's when it had me.
1: Yeah, no, and I know that that is definitely yours. I mean, you bring that up a lot. And uh, you've bought many a, a piece of merchandise that, that calls back to that moment, that echoes <laughs> that moment. Yeah. Um, for me,
0: well, I have a side business that I call Twin Sons Creative. Yes, you could, just
1: to echo that, and that's why, it, yeah, Twin Sons Creative. That's how it happened. For me, I think it's that moment uh, towards the end of A New Hope when the X Wings are coming around the moon there and they're getting ready to to go after um, the Death Star and make that. Because again, the trench run is is really where where I fell in love with with Star Wars, and so um every time that happens and i know you know they're 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 doing their call outs red five you know um that that for me is probably my favorite moment in the original trilogy
0: then we have the prequel trilogy that came out uh when we were in college and then early into our early into our marriage um Mm -hmm. and what are your feelings about the prequels I know like so many Star Wars fans either love them and that's the younger generation I think absolutely loves them. Uh the older generation who grew up with the originals I think is very will say wishy washy on them <laughs> that's in that nice. there are days that they absolutely hate them and you know I think there's days where they're like, "Well, okay, they're Star Wars." You know, for me it's really if i don't if i don't listen to the dialogue i'm okay <laughs> you know there's so much of the dialogue that just physically i cringe because i'm just like oh that's so bad and i really don't understand how padme ever falls for anakin but i whatever um <laughs> but i guess i do i have come to have an appreciation for some of the groundwork that they laid and some of the moments. Um, I think the battle on Geonosis is fantastic because uh, it's the first time really we get to see a bunch of Jedi do something awesome. The um, uh, battle of Mustafar, I think is pretty good. I don't understand the high ground, but that's again, he, dialogue. The ground. he has the high grade. We're just supposed to accept it, I guess. Um, and, you know, it's, Padme amidala's outfits are amazing they are like i think that's one of the best things of the prequels um but you know i know for me it's very i love them because they're star wars and so i'm gonna love them because there's something in there that adds to the canon uh but what about you how do you feel about those prequels
1: well first of all there's no x-wing so right away well yeah know, that's th- a, that's a major problem
0: trouble. And, and there's, there's no Darth Vader until, like, the last five minutes.
1: So. No Darth Vader till last five minutes. There's there's no Luke Skywalker till the last five minutes. And there's no x wings. So, you know, right away it was fighting uphill battle. I, there's three things about the prequels that I think... Three things that they gave the Star Wars universe that, that are outstanding. One is it introduced a whole new generation. Uh, and, and it made more people fall in love with it. The, the kids that grew up with that uh, love those movies as much as we love the movies that we were grew up with. And I think that's great. I think anything that keeps Star Wars fandom growing is good. And it, it absolutely did that. So I, that's one. Two, is Owen McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh I think gosh. we can all agree on that. Um, you know, so We were
0: talking about <clears> when <throat> we were doing our rewatch that you almost forget that the great Sir Alec Guinness was Obi-Wan Kenobi in the originals. Mm. Because when you think of Obi-Wan, you think of him. I mean, I, that's me. I just do.
1: Absolutely. And I can't wait. For the, the Disney Plus series to come out, Deborah Chow, who's Episode 3, Chapter 3 of The Mandalorian, is probably the best one so far. The Chapter 6 was pretty darn good. Um, she's going to be directing that whole series. I, I, I cannot wait for that. Uh, so that's the second thing. And the third thing is The Clone Wars. Uh, that, that TV series, we've been rewatching watching that. Um, you forget how good that was, how great the storytelling was for what is really just a children's cartoon show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it so transcended that. I know probably people are sick already of us and our love of Dave Filoni, but uh, it's legit. Yeah. That guy is, I think, one of the best storytellers working in entertainment right now uh, in mainstream kind of blockbuster uh, territories. Uh, I think Dave Filoni is as good as it gets. I love that he's involved with The Mandalorian. And I think the Clone War series alone is worth the prequels.
0: Yeah, and aside from adding Ahsoka Tano, who I love, you get the best version of Anakin. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. the Anakin we wanted to see in the films. And and he's, you know, a cartoon, but he's fantastic.
1: My love of the character of Anakin Skywalker is solely 100% a result of the Clone Wars.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, so we've talked about the originals, the prequels. Uh, Before we get to the new trilogy... Let's touch on some of the other movies. We have Solo, which was a movie that I didn't think we needed. Um, I didn't understand why we would do a film with about Han Solo without Han Solo, Harrison Ford. Um, so I didn't understand why we thought we needed it. Why we needed to give that background. Uh, and then there were all the problems with production. Phil Miller and Chris Lord drop out uh, and then... I thought we upgraded. <laughs> Obi. Ron Howard signs on as the director. Uh, and I was like, oh, suddenly I'm interested. Um, yeah, I love uh, Miller and Lord, but
1: not for Star Wars. You love the Lego movie. I love
0: the Lego movie. I really do. Uh, but I did not think that was a good choice for Star Wars. Uh, but anyway, um, and then the movie comes out and we go see it. And I was like, well, now I know why we needed it. I, like, I actually really liked the movie.
1: I had a lot of fun with it, you know, I, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie, um, but it's not my least favorite Star Wars movie either, uh, I think there's a lot of fun stuff in there, I, look, anybody who knows me, has been around me outside of work for more than probably 15 minutes knows, I adore Donald Glover, uh, the Community is one of my favorite shows that's ever, ever happened, um, I think Donald Glover is, in many ways, a genius in, in what he does. Um, I, Donald Glover as Lando, just like I said, the Clone Wars is worth whatever problems I have with the Donald Glover as long as Lando is worth whatever misgivings I would have about Solo. Uh, that dude is amazing, and I'm all on board on that.
0: Uh, and one of the things, or about-
1: Orlando as the first or Lander, I yeah.
0: One of the things I loved about it too was we finally got a backstory for Chewie. Mm-hmm. Um, he became a character instead of just kind of a walking carpet in the background. I mean that's I love Chewie and I loved him in the originals. But he was just the dog that followed Han around.
1: I love some of the fan service in there. I mean, obviously Darth Maul showing up at the end as a oh my Clone gosh, Wars yeah. as a Clone Wars devotee, you know, that that is definitely something that, that you gotta be a hundred percent behind. Uh but the the Dejaric moment, you know, when the when the chessboard comes on and and we see it get broken by Chewie and anger, um, just as somebody who loves the the original trilogy, that that was a moment that, that really hit home for me.
0: Well, and then like we finally get to see the castle run. We, mm-hmm. you know, it's this throwaway line, honestly, in the original series, and then we actually get to see it, it was kind of awesome. So the other Star Wars story that we have as a film is Rogue One. And, you know, there's a lot of controversy about this film. It either seems like people love it or they hate it. There's like the
1: another one with troubled production.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, some people rank it at the very top, number one, and some people will put it all the way at the bottom. Uh, Cody Rhodes... Uh, wrestler with All Elite Wrestling, recently sent out his rankings because he's a huge Star Wars fan. And if you haven't heard my podcast with Cody, we talk about Star Wars for the first like seven or eight minutes, so you need to listen to
1: that. That was interesting because I was able to sit in the room and hear the, that interview. I, I didn't take part in it, uh, but I knew that you were going to be fine when Brandy, his wife, uh, brought up Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. And at that moment, I thought... Okay, this is going to go this is going to go just fine. Yeah.
0: Cuz we're on the we're on the same level. We we
1: <laughs> That's when you and Brandy became best friends. Yes, yeah, so
0: we we became best friends. Um
1: And then you and Cody became best friends. Yeah.
0: But then he sent out his rankings and he put Rogue One at the bottom and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Cody, what are you thinking?" Because I think, you know, Rogue One I think is a masterpiece in filmmaking, honestly. Um I love the story. I think the characters that they introduce I was very upset when they all died (laughs) I mean that's the thing you have to go into Rogue One especially with rewatches going okay I know they all die but I'm gonna watch this anyway
1: you know how I feel about it uh Rogue One almost from the moment we left the theater the first time we saw it is my favorite Star Wars movie I am definitely one of those people that puts it at the top uh I can't wait for the Cassian Andor series not only are we getting a Cassie Andor series on Disney Plus? A lot of people involved with it are people that were involved with The Americans, which is another one of my all-time favorite TV shows. So if you're going to give me a Star Wars spy TV series? Uh, I feel like a spoiled now. I, I feel like you know, I, I, what have I done? I don't deserve this. I'm not. I'm not good enough for this. Uh, I love Rogue One. I love the character Jen Urso. I, I think if you read the books that are have been connected with that, the novelization of Rogue One. And then there's a book called Rebel Rising that people should really go out and find uh, that tells some of the story of Jin between when she's found uh, in the cave uh, by Sagarera and when she eventually meets up with uh, the Rebel Alliance. I think that character's got a lot of depth and I think Felicity Jones did a really good job with her in portraying her. Um, I thought in that little space of time, they really made you care about those characters so much, and I think that uh, Emily is one of my favorite oh, uh, characters in, in all of the saga as well. The um, Force is definitely with him, and even though he isn't a Jedi, and I think that was a really fun thing to see. Um, and also, as you know, Dusty and I once kidnapped K2SO, or I held <laughs> him hostage for a brief, a brief period of time. Uh, and yes. literally anything Alan Tudyk is in is, is great, too.
0: True story. Uh, They held him. I won't say against his will, but made sure he couldn't (laughs) go anywhere. That until our one friend came back from the bathroom and can beat him.
1: Uh, We we did it for a good cause. Sometimes you have to do the wrong thing for a good reason. Yes,
0: yes. And and he was cool with it. And call security. So
1: to put the proper context here, we were at a convention. Actually, the first convention we'd ever attended in in Orlando, Florida. And there was an after-party type of situation with the VIPs at the Hard Rock uh, Cafe in Orlando at Universal Studios. And we had made it late to the actual convention.
0: Because we had car problems.
1: Right. And our friend, Robin, is a major Firefly fan. Her and Dusty actually introduced us to Firefly. It's how we became addicted to that show, so... I think the whole pop thing with Dusty, we're just paying him back basically yes. for, for, yeah, for the Firefly, for Firefly situation because little did we know there was only one season yeah. when he introduces us to that, but that's, that's, that's a whole other podcast.
0: Yes. Yeah, so. Well, side, quick side note to that. I gave my dad a Firefly season for um, Christmas one year and he watched it in like two or three days. Cause as we said, he loves Westerns um, and he called me and he said, okay, well when season two come out and I was like, oh well dad (laughs) it's a long story
1: (laughs) and alan tudyk who is the voice of k2so is also a pilot uh wash in firefly and robin absolutely adored him and she missed him at the con because uh, as i said we got there late and his period was over and so All Dusty and I did is we happened to see him at the bar. He was outside the VIP area. He was at the bar. He was heading back to the VIP area. And we asked as politely as it's possible for him and I to ask. Because, look, I'm telling you right now, you get the two of us together, there's trouble. Yes. Always. But we asked him if he could stay there for just a few minutes. You literally went sprinting into the women's restroom to get Robin. And we just made sure he stayed there long enough so that she could meet him. It was a rough patch in her life. We were trying to do a good thing.
0: Yes, and you did. It was an awesome moment.
1: One of the few times something Dusty and I actually went the way we planned it to. <laughs> so that's a positive thing for us.
0: Yes.
1: Oh. So you know that's Rogue One has Alan on in in that's another. But I, I think also it's got my favorite Vader moment. You know we talked about that uh, when he goes through that thing. It's it's a horror movie all of a sudden when he is tearing through those those rebels. And to me, Vader's never been more terrifying. He's never been more of a threat than he is in that moment. And so, for me, Rogue One is number one.
0: Well, we'll move on now to the new trilogy, uh, which started with The Force Awakens. And the build-up was huge. Uh, I did, like, six days of Star Wars leading into it because it was everybody was excited. We were like, we're getting this new Star Wars property. And I personally... Was not disappointed. I know there's a lot of haters out there on the new trilogy. Um, We are not among them. Um, The Force Awakens to me was like going home. It was this is what Star Wars is about. Um, It introduced characters that I was immediately like. These are different. These are fun. And these are people I can root for. Um, And at the same time. With the touchstones of having Han and Leia. And eventually Luke in it. Um, you know, I couldn't ask for more, really, from the movies.
1: I Force Awakens was such a fun movie. And I think I saw it six or seven times in the theater, which is not an easy thing to do when you're covering the Colts. Yeah. Uh, but literally every off day I would go and, and I would watch it. Again, at the mall here in, in Anderson when we still had a mall and we still had a movie theater. Yeah, neither um, of
0: those
1: things exist anymore. And neither of those things are here anymore. But back then they were. And, uh, you know, I just it, – it it sort of just took my Star Wars fandom up again to another level. Made me feel like a kid again. Which isn't hard to do because I'm always – the kid in something is never too far away. Um, but I, I thought that was a really, really fun movie. And, uh, you know, in Last Jedi – I was one of those people you know full well. First of all, the NFL scheduled the Colts for a Thursday night, op- Thursday night game <laughs> on opening <laughs> night. This is the only Star Wars movie I haven't seen since I've been old enough to do such things on opening night. Yep. And uh, so that, you know, luckily I'm not bitter about that two years later or anything still. But, you know, whatever. Um, 2017 season 2. Like, the uh, worst year to be. That's a whole other deal. But, but... Uh, so I had to wait forever to see it. By my standards, I had to wait forever to see it. And I was disappointed the first time I saw it last year. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie, but a lot of it's because it wasn't what I expected it to be. And I saw it twice on the first day, um, and the second time I saw it, I started to accept it for what it was. And I really like the movie now, um, again, it's, it's not Rogue One, but I, I like it, um, I like Force Awakens better. I'm that person, so there's just know where I fall in that, um. But I really, I'm really looking forward to how JJ J. Abrams is gonna roll everything together. I, I should say too that I'm a huge JJ J. Abrams fan. I yep. think I have been for a long time. Um, one of my other favorite movie series is Mission Impossible, as you're well aware. I thought he really reinvented the whole franchise with Mission Impossible Three, and he's been a producer on on everyone since then, at least until McQuarrie started taking over. Um, I know he did at least um, Ghost Protocol, and I and I think. He was still a producer on Rogue Nation. I think he's still a producer on all of them. Um, but I, I just think that he's another guy that he's he does. He reminds me of Steven Spielberg, who is my favorite director of all time. Uh, Super 8 is, I think, a great Steel, Spielberg homage type of movie. Um, and so when J.J. did Force Awakens, I was excited already. Um, and I just can't wait to see what he has in Swordfish in Episode Nine.
0: Yeah, you know, The Last Jedi I saw
1: I have a JJ from spot too. That's one of my we favorite do. To talk we about
0: do. Um I saw The Last Jedi at seven at six forty five the next <laughs> morning. And then I think I had seen it twice more again until before you did, or I saw it twice more with you. I think it's it at
1: least Three, three times, times before, before i saw so i it. think
0: i saw it five times opening day i think you saw opening five times in 24
1: hours day. yeah or yeah. 28 hours or yeah. something
0: um so by the time i saw it with george i had had time to digest it and i was already had because i you know i will admit the first time i saw it i was a little unsettled first of all my favorite person in the entire galaxy died. And and I like, your boyfriend died. My boyfriend died right before my eyes in front of the twin sons. And it, it it made you cry
1: tonight. And you've seen it. it I don't know how many times. It
0: did. We've seen it dozens of times. And I cried again tonight. Um, but like I had time to kind of reconcile the canon I had in my head going in with the story that was before me. Uh, you know, in the first time, I was like, oh my god, they killed Luke. And then the second like time, I was like, oh my god, they killed Luke. And then, But but the third time I saw it, I was like, okay, let's break down what they've really done with Ray here. Um, and I really came to appreciate with the way that it set off balance the things we come to expect from Star Wars. You know, a lot of the complaints about A Force Awakens was, well, it's just a new hope redone. It's not, but let's for the sake of argument say that you know there are that that it is then why are you complaining about last jedi because it took everything you knew about star wars and completely turned it on its ear every twist and turn with the way we didn't expect it to and we talked about that again tonight when we just finished the rewatch of that film um, so having run through all the movies
1: and i will say this one of our other best friends, both of us together, really a member of our family, Zach, who is a local radio personality, uh, whose voice you'll hear at the beginning of my podcast, uh, horseshoes and, and hand grenades, when we do have the opportunity to do that one. Um he he always brings up the point that you made that that so many people's problem with the Last Jedi was because it wasn't the movie they thought it was going to be. And I think when Cody Rhodes was talking to you about Star Wars fans need to kind of take a step back and just enjoy the fact that we have all this content. uh, I think Zach was, you know, cheering. Like I think that was, that was one of his big moments. Uh, And, and I think he's right. You know, I, I think that's, there's a lot of reasons that that movie was divisive, but I think that that's right near the top, you know, and I was, it was me too, the first time I saw it. So, um, I understand where people are coming from there, um, and I think that the important thing is you know we're all Star Wars fans, so I hope that we can all come together in that because that that's as we've been talking about in this whole podcast, that's such a big part of our fandom. you know we have friends, lifelong friends where Star Wars is if not the the basis of the friendship. It definitely was something that deepened that friendship that that brought us together. Zach's another one of those guys that it's a big part of our friendship together. Um, I think that's the most important thing. The community, the Star Wars community, I think is is a great fan base. And uh, we should never lose sight of that.
0: I think there is one instance, though, that maybe Star Wars put one of our friendships on edge. <laughs> one of our friends in Florida, uh, who's the photographer at the paper we worked at, had an exchange student from Brazil. <laughs> and her name was Na. And she had never seen a Star Wars movie ever. But in retrospect,
1: this was probably not the best idea. We no, had. this,
0: yeah. So, Episode three was coming out, and we of course weren't gonna miss the movie. And Mary was like, "Well, why don't you take Nah?" And we were like, "Yeah, sure. No, it'll be fun to have her come along. She's a great kid." So we go
1: teenager, high school. Yeah, I well, yeah, you know, senior you in high school. High school
0: senior, yeah. yeah, senior in high school. We take her to see episode 3 and cold,
1: having never having, seen it. And
0: not having like prepped her, like this is the story and this is what could happen. She and hadn't
1: even seen 1 and 2. Yeah, she and definitely yeah, not 4, 5 and 6.
0: Yeah, had never seen, didn't know what Star Wars was really. And she goes to watch the movie and we it gets towards the end and I look over And she just, she's bawling. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, I'm sad too, but, like, she was, like, legit, like... Tears streaming down her face, and I thought we were going to have to like take her out because she was starting to make noise, and I didn't want her interrupting my enjoyment of the movie. But anyway, so we get done with the movie, we all get outside, and she and we're like, "Dawg, what'd you think?" And she looks at us. He says, "This was the most horrible movie ever." And we were like, "Why?" And she's like, "He was, he was, he was a bad guy," and none of us realizing that she had no idea that Anakin was going to turn into Vader. We were all like, well, we knew what was going to happen, and she had no idea, and I felt so bad, because Uh, it was, you know, and she's like, and and Padme died, and we're like, uh, yeah, we all knew that was coming. We're sorry.
1: But now Dusty did show her four, five, and six after that. Eventually. So So she knew there was
0: a happy ending.
1: Yeah, eventually she kind of came to it, but can you imagine... You know, having no idea of Star Wars and watching... Probably 3 and Rogue One are probably the two that would just destroy you. Well, if you
0: watched Rogue One, you'd be like, there's no point in watching any of these. Everybody (laughs) dies."
1: So, yeah, it's it's a really... uh, But, yeah, it's been a part of our lives, as we were talking about. From my childhood, through college, into my marriage, uh, you know, now that I'm becoming an elder statesman, uh, it's still... I think it's always going to be a part of, of who I am. And so... Um. Yeah, it's a big part of, of everything I've done in my life.
0: So now that we've gone through all the movies, we've had our rewatch. Let's do our rankings, and we're gonna start at the bottom because I know we are closer at the bottom.
1: Mm, we're by the same. You convinced <laughs> me on that one.
0: So number ten is has got to be Attack of the Clones.
1: Yeah, it's it's Attack of the Clones. I hate sand it gets everywhere. Yeah,
0: I hate sand it gets everywhere. Any line while they're on Naboo, it's just the dialogue I can't get over. Even though it has some really awesome moments with the Jedi at the end, I I just can't. Get with
1: Yoda pulling out a lightsaber. I mean, being yeah. being in the theater when that was out, being there with the crowd with the with the big hardcore geeky Star Wars fans when later when 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 Yoda pulled out that lightsaber, Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a crowd react quite like that. Yeah, that was awesome. by and large, no. Yeah. The love story, quote-unquote. Yuck. Uh,
0: So, number nine. Probably Phantom Menace.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that one, too. Number nine for me is a Phantom Menace. Uh, I do like the pod racing scene.
0: Pod racing isn't bad. It's kind of fun. And, you know, if I was five, I would probably have thought that was the best thing in the entire world.
1: Absolutely. 100%. And the little five-year-old did think that, but... Duel of Fates, that is both the the, the song itself, the music. Uh, I used to fall asleep listening to that that soundtrack uh, at night, and so it's kind of stuck in my head anyway, but um, I just love that. It's one of my favorite pieces. John Williams is obviously a huge part of my Star Wars fandom. Everybody's, I think. Um, Duel of Fates as as a musical composition is outstanding, and then that whole scene... Uh, you know, a battle between Darth Maul and Obi-Wan in, in Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, big thumbs up.
0: Okay, so number eight.
1: That's, I think we probably differ there. Um, I would probably go with Solo there. Um, no, 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 no. It, Revenge of the Sith. Is is not great for me. Um, I mean, we talked about the trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and how we feel in there. I know a lot of people have *Revenge of the Sith* way up. I've seen a lot of people have number one, two, three, somewhere. Yeah, in there. somewhere in the top three. Um, I still can't get over a lot of the dialogue and a lot of the choices that just didn't make sense to me. But Grievous is is a really cool character, um, and, and I love kind of his battle with that. And uh, yeah, you know, that's what I say about *Revenge of the Sith*.
0: I would probably go Revenge of the Sith, too. Just, again, dialogue and and choices and logic. I just don't understand. Hmm. Okay, number seven.
1: For me, it's solo. Um, I still never really got over that feeling that you had of, like, I really don't want a solo movie without Harrison Ford. The movie's a lot of fun. I really like it. I mean, all of them, the top seven, can probably move one or two spots, at least, based on my mood on a given day. Um, but I would probably put Solo
0: at seven. I'm going to make a controversial statement here with this ranking. Empire Strikes Back.
1: Yeah, you're not a fan.
0: I am not a fan of Empire Strikes Back. I think it's because the bad guys win and I don't like that. And Luke loses a hand. My boyfriend lost lost a hand. That was like the most tragic scarring thing. I was like, oh my God. Eddie Eddie almost got eaten by a wampa and it was just, it was not a good movie for him.
1: No, it's a rough one for Luke, that's for sure.
0: Okay, number six.
1: Six for me is probably Last Jedi. Um like I said, it took me a while to warm up to it. Um I still do. You know, I, I like it. I like all the top seven. I'll watch them at any given time and have no problem. Um and I'll watch any Star Wars movie ever, as you know, but um I, I would probably put the last Jedi there. there's still I don't think it's as much fun as my top six are for me.
0: I would probably put Solo there, I think. I, I really enjoy it. Like I said, I didn't want it, and I came to really love it, actually. Uh, and there's actually some very fantastic moments that, you know, will make me watch it again and again. So I think it's number six. Number five.
1: For me, is Return of the Jedi. Um, I like a ton of that movie. Again, like I said, these top seven could probably... Get jumbled up in a lot of different ways depending on the mood that I'm in, um, but I think the the top four for me all just resonate with me for whatever reason a little bit more.
0: Uh, I would put Last Jedi there. Um, I probably rank it a little higher than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, again, for that badass Luke moment, I just think
1: that is amazing. The,
0: and we you know we were talking about during the rewatch tonight. I was pointing out. To me, the last act of the movie, when they're on Crate, is some of the most beautiful imagery of any of the Star Wars. <laughs> the speeders going across the, the red earth, and the shot from behind Luke as he's looking up at all the um, big walkers staring down at him as was about to try to blow him to smithereens, um, I just I think is gorgeous. And the shots that they chose... For when Luke passes into the Force. I mean, they're just beautiful imagery. uh, And I think it hit all the right notes. And
1: Return of the Jedi, I didn't really talk about my favorite parts of that. Um, I love Jabba's Palace from there through the skiff blowing up. Um, I think that's the most... And and until Last Jedi came out, Luke coming into Jabba's Palace and basically telling him, you're going to give me what I want because I'm a Jedi Master... That, for me, was like the most badass loop moment until last Jedi came around.
0: Okay, so number four.
1: For me, I, I know this is going to differ from you greatly, but for me, it's A New Hope. Um, really love that movie. We've talked about why throughout the podcast. Um, but for me, it comes in at number four, which is kind of good because it's up so far. <laughs> uh,
0: for me, number four would have to be uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, the well, like I said, the Ewoks are some of my favorite things. I love how they assist uh, on indoor, and um, you know, obviously the good guys win, so that that makes it a good film. Of course, they don't win for too long, but they at least win for a little while.
1: They <laughs> do for a little while. Okay, we're moving about thirty in, years.
0: Moving into the top three.
1: Number three for me is The Force Awakens, which I think is the most fun of all the movies for me. I know a lot of people say Jedi, a lot of people say, you know, one of the prequels. Um, Force Awakens, I just had so much fun with that movie. I thought it was the most, like, bringing out the child in me. Uh, my favorite part of Force Awakens, when, from the moment the trailers came out, and it never changed through the movie, is... I didn't know what it was depicting when I saw the trailers, but after I saw it, I a little bit more... Pose big return when he comes in, and and the X wings are skimming over the oh, water. Oh god, that's such a great uh, shot! It's such a cool shot, and such an awesome moment. And that's my favorite part of that movie.
0: Um, I would have to put at number three, Rogue One. It would be higher, except everybody dies. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, funny. that's literally everybody dies. That's the only thing I have wrong with it.
1: It's Funny how many times I was telling my rankings, "Well, this is the most fun," and, and, and my top two are not fun.
0: No, but that's, no. But, yeah, no, that's the only reason, like, it's not in the top two is everyone dies. Mm, they do. Um, so, number
1: two. For me, it's Empire Strikes Back. Um, I just, I think probably some of the darkness still in me uh, gets pulled that way. But I just, uh, there's so much about that. It introduces Lando Calrissian who... You know, is a big big part of, of my Star Wars fandom too, uh, whether it's Billy Dee Williams or Donald Glover. Um, the whole I love you, I know thing, I thought was, which, you know, going back to Robin and, and her son, uh, he did that to her when he was like one years old, you know. And, yeah. and he said, She said, Baby, I love you. And he said, I know. And I said, y- You're raising a little Han Solo. Mm-hmm.
0: Another family we love dearly who loves Star Wars. Oh, and absolutely. Who we- hope to get to go to Galaxy's Edge with. We haven't been there yet, uh, but we're planning a trip. Uh, so my number two, I would have to say The Force Awakens. Um, you know, almost cracks that number one, but, you know, I love Ray. Ray is fantastic, and, you know, she would sometimes move into the that top three characters, too, um, because I love the idea of her character and being strong with the Force and not knowing how to use it in the The loneliness and the desperation she feels at times, you know, I can identify with. And, um, I love Finn. I think, you know, a a stormtrooper who wants to leave is just a fantastic character. Um, and, you know, I even, I'm even okay with Han dying in it. Um, it makes me sad, obviously, but I think it's an important part in Kylo's evolution Um, obviously, and, uh, you know, I think that haunts him as much as anything. Um, so...
1: It needs to be said, too, here. All of us need to love anything in our life as much as Poe loves BB-8. Oh,
0: yeah. Yes. We were reminded of that again in Last Jedi. We were just watching. When BB-8 returns and Poe rubs his belly. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But... Uh,
1: and then finally, our number ones. Well, you know, I kind of spoiled this earlier. Definitely Rogue One for me. Uh, but I will say this. My favorite shot in that whole movie, I've talked about a lot of things that I love about it. My favorite shot in the whole movie is when Charrick kind of licks his hand and tests the wind and just blind uh, literally shoots the TIE fighter out of the sky as it's chasing uh, the S-Wing through there. I just, it's such an incredible moment. Um, I always love Rogue One probably always will and that
0: leaves new hope is my number one you know it's the one we started with it's the one with my favorite shot of the entire series it's where luke gets to be the big hero uh you know and and come into his own as a jedi and a, a pilot and um it has the big middle medal ceremony at the end and everybody's happy except for Chewie, who didn't get a medal uh so rude you know, and it, it, if there were no other Star Wars and it was just that movie, you know, it would be all all be good. So I think it that's would definitely it. still be your favorite movie. Yeah, then it would have to be my favorite movie. We're gonna head towards wrapping up here um, in the wee hours. In the, the wee morning. hours of the morning, yeah we're we're actually you know very very late in the in the night here. But what are your expectations for Episode Nine, or do you have any? I know a lot of people's problems with Lost Jedi was they had their own head canon going in, as we talked about. Um, so I know even, especially, we've done a lot of theorizing. I mean, a lot of nights, that's what we do, is we sit here and say, well, what if this happens? And what if this means this? And could this mean this? And could this be linked back to Clone Wars? And, and things like that. Um, but I'm really trying to keep my expectations very minimum so that when I go in I'm not expecting to see what I think we should see and not what they actually present us with
1: yeah I'm I'm kind of the same way I'm I want to keep my expectations low I think one of the best things about Force Awakens for me was that I really didn't pay attention to anything leading up to it and I went in cold I didn't even know like what Ray's name was going in you know that's how little I had paid attention to it um and so I think that helped me it's part of why it was such a a great experience for me. I think I was definitely one of those people who went into last Jedi with way too much of my own baggage coming in uh, and had to kind of work through that. Um, and, and I've been very, very cognizant of not doing that. And I guess I feel almost like even if, even if episode nine somehow completely uh, falls flat for me, I've always got the Mandalorian to fall back on. And really as long as wee baby Yoda is getting his snuggles and, and his naps in I'm good.
0: Well, I think that wraps it up for the night, George. Any final thoughts on Star Wars?
1: Um, Baby Yoda will soon be our Lord and 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 Savior. I, I think it's it's only a matter of time and, until he controls the all the whole universe in, in the real world. Uh, really, probably right as soon as his toys come out next summer.
0: I saw somebody today comment on a story online who said they were sick of Baby Yoda being in their timeline. And I was like, what kind of evil person are you? Yeah,
1: like, I, I, don't, I don't know how that happens.
0: I mean, really, come on.
1: I just want to... Baby like, Yoda. You know, we do this whole foster thing. I want to adopt Baby Yoda. I, wanna, Ooh, I want I'm okay Yoda with that. to be, you know...
0: Except he's 50. Kid. He's older than we are.
1: He is, but that's good, too. He's going to stay in that cute little age, and, and you can just... You know, but I think as far as, like, realistically, as far as, as wrapping up this whole this whole saga goes... Um, I know that there's a lot of people that don't agree with me, and that's fine. You know, I'm used to that. I cover the Colts, I I understand that that very well. Uh, I feel like we're in good hands with J.J. Abrams, and and that's where I put my faith in. And I think this is the third time in my life when I was wee little in elementary school and I went to see Return of the Jedi. It didn't really hit me. And I might be going to see the last Star Wars movie uh, of my lifetime in in the theater. Um, And then, obviously, when we went to see Revenge of the Sith, Uh, unfortunately for for now. uh, That was a time when when we all thought this is the last time we're ever going to see a Star Wars movie. This time, obviously, I'm aware there's going to be Star Wars movies again, but we know there's going to be a long break, and we know they're not going to ever be the same as they were before. So there's definitely... Much like Endgame was an ending for the Marvel Universe in many ways, even though we all knew we are going to get more down the road, um, I, I feel like this is you know, an end point for the for the Skywalker saga and for star Wars, as we've known it. And I'm excited because I'm really excited. If things moving forward are going to be like Mandalorian and like rogue one and be these, you know, new characters and, and, and things that don't, don't take place in, in the worlds and, in, in, in sort of the storylines that, that we've seen before. I'm very excited about that, but I'm also very sad to be, you know, saying goodbye to this nine movie trilogy that, as I think has been evident over this hour plus podcast Really has been a big part of our lives.
0: Yeah, you know, I I don't think we could be in any better hands. I mean, I think The Mandalorian has showed us that. um, The people they're bringing in to be involved in Star Wars now are unbelievable. And they're extremely talented. And most of them are as big as Star Wars nerds as we all are. Uh, They really do love the series. You know, Dave Filoni was kind of handpicked by George Lucas to kind of carry on Um, the stories with the Clone Wars and I I don't think George, it's one of the best decisions George has ever made honestly and you know with his storytelling and John Favreau who it you know he launched the, the Marvel Universe you know if Iron Man hadn't succeeded we wouldn't have had this 20 whatever film saga that we just wrapped up um it he knocked that out of the park, and I think he's done a great job with uh, Mandalorian, and I'm sure he'll be involved going forward with so many things. Um, so I feel really good about where we are, even though I am a little sad that the Skywalker saga is coming to an end. Um, and, you know, it'll definitely be a change with whatever's coming forward, but, you know, I, I think it can only mean good things. So I'm excited to see the movie. Uh, on Thursday night, and then again, very early on Friday morning, uh, I hope you all have your tickets because they're very, very hard to come by um and that you get to see it opening weekend before anybody starts spoiling things online That's if you do go see the movie, do not tweet it out or share it on Facebook. Let people enjoy it let people experience it. uh We know from something I saw with Kevin Smith that the apparently the end scene is just going to blow everybody's mind. Um, He was on set with J.J. Abrams, and somebody had told him the set for the final, I guess the final scene, the final shot, um, was in a certain area, and J.J. told him not to go. And he said, you know, why? And he said, as a Star Wars fan, you don't want to see that here. You want to see it on the screen in real time. Because it's just going to blow everybody's mind. So I'm very excited to see that fulfilled. Um, and see what they were talking about. Uh, it's kind of been nagging at me since I saw that story. Um, it's
1: clearly Baby Yoda.
0: Well, maybe it is Baby Yoda. Who <laughs> knows? <laughs> Baby Yoda rises and destroys everyone. I don't know. Uh, I'd be okay with that. because
1: It would be so adorable.
0: Yeah. So... Anyway, so thanks for listening, uh, to our Star Wars nerdery, uh, and I guess the most fitting way to close this episode of Dancy Squirrel Tacos is to say, may the force be with you.